0: Welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host Rob O'Donoghue. Hey guys, so just a quick intro before the intro, this is me recording this on the 27th of March and I am now probably 12, 13 episodes recorded of this series around emotional intelligence. At the time, I wasn't sure what I was going to call it. I've since come up with the title that you've probably seen on the artwork or logo stuff that came out of me, myself and EI as opposed to me, myself and I. That's the best I could do for now. But it's all about emotional intelligence. I hope you enjoy this series, and I really encourage, I really this time emphasize, I'd love to hear if it is hitting the spot or if there's different things that can happen. There'll be lots of solo shows, but there's a lot of interviews coming as well. I recorded this uh, this intro and the, the first two parts around the 3rd of March. Coronavirus was only beginning to take hold in, uh, in, in, in Europe at the time, so that's um, why I referenced it, but not as much as probably... I would have if if I was recording it now, just to call out the name and that I hope you enjoy it and I really, really need feedback on this because it's an experiment and with a goal in mind of helping you understand more about emotional intelligence. So enjoy these first few episodes and I look forward to talking and hearing from you in the near future. Good luck and enjoy. Hello there. This is the intro to the new series that I'm putting out on the podcast channel, Rob of the Green, which will focus on emotional intelligence. And in this one, I'm going to talk a little bit about what emotional intelligence is, what it's not, and a little bit about what is to come in the number of episodes that um, will fall in under this series over the next while. So, as you may know, and may have listened to other episodes of 1% Better in the past, emotional intelligence is something I talk about a good bit. I touch on a lot, and it is part of a lot of the coaching work that I do. I was talking to somebody recently about it, and because I suppose I am familiar with the term a lot, it's kind of known to me uh, quite well, but may not be known to everybody quite well and it might even scare some people away when they hear it so the purpose of this one is to give that intro to the show of what's to come uh, and what is all emotional intelligence what it's all about and yeah whet your appetite for all the interviews and solo shows that are to come so today alone today's whatever the 4th of march i think when i put this together and if you just google emotional intelligence which i did this morning A bunch of new articles were released just even in the last few days on the the topic. It's about 25, 30 years old, the term, and it still is cropping up and probably more and more in the last while than it has been in the past. Headlines that pop up on some of the articles, the ultimate people skill, emotional intelligence is today's leading characteristic for hiring and why emotional intelligence is now a staple of MBA admissions. So it's it's really touching different areas, people skills, why it's important for hiring part of your MBA. One that actually really stood out and the time that we're going through at the moment relating to coronavirus and the beer corona, the headline is the CEO behind corona just responded to claims that coronavirus is hurting beer sales. It's a lesson in emotional intelligence. So I just took a little piece from that. I said I'd read it to give you a bit of background. Chances are you've heard sometime in the past week that 38% of beer-drinking Americans would not buy corona under any circumstances now. The statement came from a survey conducted by 5W Public Relations which argued... The threat that coronavirus, COVID-19, would become a global pandemic is a PR disaster for the famous beer brand. The statistic proceeded to spread rapidly across news outlets aided by a CNN tweet that went viral. So you probably have heard of, um, obviously, coronavirus, which is very much in the news as as I record this, and the, the beer corona, where there's... Obviously a name link. So in the article, it um, goes on to say Constellation Brands, which owns Corona, just released a statement fighting the notion that several events, sorry, that recent events have negatively affected the brand. In fact, the company claims sales are actually up 5% in the US over the last four week period, nearly doubling the 52 week trend for the brand. But rather than jumping into a defence against rapidly spreading misinformation, Constellation Brand CEO Bill Newlands did something very important first. He recognised the gravity of the situation and shared a little empathy. He said, Our thoughts and prayers go out to those affected by this terrible virus, and we hope efforts to more fully contain it gain traction soon. Newlands then continued to say it's an extremely unfortunate That recent misinformation about the impact of this virus on our business has been circulating in uh, traditional and social media without further investigating or validating. These claims simply do not reflect our business performance and customer sentiment, uh, which include feedback from our distributor and retail partner across the country. We see no impact to our people, facilities or operations, and our business continues to perform very well. The simple statement from Corona is a PR masterpiece. As they say, it's also something more of a lesson in emotional intelligence. They talk about empathy first. He gives an empathetic reply, um, the CEO, and then gives some facts. He uses emotional intelligence. And as we'll hear in the future episodes and interviews, empathy is a very, very important part of emotional intelligence or competency of emotional intelligence. So that gives you a sense of what EQ or EI is all about. And we'll talk about the differences between EQ and EI. But this has been a long time coming this kind of intro and subsequent episodes. I've been a big fan of emotional intelligence for as I said for a long time and It is very, very useful. It is an extremely important set of skills that you can develop. And the purpose of this is to really help you understand what it's all about and give you some tools and exercises and ideas that you can take away and practice and apply over the coming months that hopefully will give you um, much value and much benefit ...that I am sure if you put the effort in, you will get there. So, when I discovered emotional intelligence, uh, things definitely changed for me for for the better. Um, I would say, it's hard to describe the feeling as well you get when you tap into something that just really connects in with you. It's a feeling that everything around you starts to make a bit more sense... And maybe it's like you find uh, out a secret and everything just becomes a little bit clearer. And that definitely was the case for me when I discovered the the whole area of emotional intelligence. Probably over a decade ago, I read uh, the book Emotional Intelligence by uh, Dan Goleman, who is probably called, or is called, the godfather of emotional intelligence, maybe, or the, the father of it, anyway. Um, he was responsible for that book that came out in 1995, and um, as I said, it was probably a bit after that that, I, that I, I, I discovered it, probably some leadership training or online article that I found, and it just got hold of me. I started reading the book, and everything just made so much sense. I've read a few books since that felt like the words are just jumping off the page that you could have put them down there yourself and um, you can really connect with it. And and the more and more, I suppose, that uh, I read it, and the more and more the topic started popping up around me. It's that kind of batter-Meinhof effect uh, coming into play where you see something for the first time and then all of a sudden you see it uh, every time. But I was very conscious that, and I still am very conscious that, the idea of uh, a little knowledge can be a dangerous thing, so I wanted to dig in more and more uh, and get get to know it more and more and just understand what the the components were. So I bought more books and started to read more articles online, um, and it became a bit of, a bit of a passion really to understand it and and maybe a hobby, and uh, I suppose I started to see how I could apply it to my own life. So the, the components of emotional intelligence, which we'll talk about, touch on self-awareness, self-management, uh, very much around looking after yourself in those respects, and then how aware you are of the people around you and how aware you are of what's going on for them and trying to, to help them work together, be happier, be more content, as an example. And and really over the last five or six years, uh, those are the areas I've focused on a lot more for my own personal journey, but also through uh, executive coaching, leadership coaching. When I took on a diploma in that space a few years ago, 2016, 2016 or so, um, when I got the reading list for that, uh, a lot of the books on it I would have read and a lot of them touched on emotional intelligence uh, at the start. So that was really useful and allowed me to go deeper and deeper into it. And then when I started this podcast uh, a few years ago, the topic was always something I wanted to touch on um, in many of the interviews because a lot of the leaders I talked with I would consider have high emotional intelligence, have worked on it or indeed some of them give training um during uh, their careers in, in the space of emotional intelligence. So, so that led me to putting this together. And as I started to think about it, I was thinking, how will I go about this? Will it just be maybe two or three episodes to give you kind of an overview of what emotional intelligence is about? Um, and I started to plan it out in month. In March and in February. I put Every day I put a bit of planning together. And as each day went past, I started to see, right, there's there's multiple ep- episodes, multiple potential interviews here, and there's no point rushing it or putting it all together too fast, and that was very much apparent. So what is to come will be um, probably 25, 30 episodes over the course of the next number of months, and each one will focus in on a specific area, a specific competency, um, which will be accompanied with some Research articles that uh, I put together and will share uh, that will look at what that specific area is. For example, one that's coming up is around how you can assess your levels of emotional intelligence. So, like a, a profiling uh, tool, assessment tool. So, I have an interview done for that. And I also have a dive into the, the value of doing that, the benefits of doing the assessment how you'll do it, different tools that you can use, and then creating action plans out of it. So each episode will look at the what, what it is, why it's of value, why it's important, uh, the upsides of focusing on it, and and some tools, and how you can do it. Um, and that will hopefully give you a good insight into each of those areas, and from there you can take some action and you can apply it. And as I said, it's always going to be a, a primer in the the area, and if you ever do need to know more about any of them, absolutely happy to talk about it. Get in touch and we can go through it. Okay, so let's start with a little story about a gentleman called Phineas Gage. And this story is something that I heard of in my own coaching diploma training. And it gives you kind of a an idea of where emotions come from, and the emotion-reason connection in your brain. So in 1848, thanks to the unusual grisly accident that befell a good-natured popular road railroad foreman named Phineas Gage, scientists discovered that specific areas of your brain control how you get along with people. So it touches on how emotions are tied into the brain. When Gage was laying railroad tracks, his assistant got distracted and didn't take the usual safety measures, thus causing a freak accident, an explosion of gunpowder that blew a heavy, long iron rod through Gage's forehead. And I would encourage you to type in Phineas Gage, P-H-I-N-U-S-G-A-G-E, you'll see pictures of what uh, this looked like. Although he survived, the flying rod removed the front portion of his brain and Gage lost the ability to moderate his temper or impulses. Therefore, he still could do calculations and functions in his job. His life changed dramatically for the worst. Now cranky and erratic, he lashed out at the mildest provocation, appeared irrational, unable to get a grip on his emotions and no longer got along well with his co-workers. As science now knows, the ability to manage your emotions requires effective biological wiring. ...between reasoning and feeling areas of the brain. And Gage had lost that link. As there's a quote here, your emotions provide you with the cue to act... ...when a problem is big enough to see, yet small enough to solve. So this was a big moment in science. Uh, This was a learning about the brain and how emotions in the brain were connected. And it set things in motion and why I'm giving you this little science story as a backdrop. It's interesting to know, Phineas Cage and some uh, a lot of emotional intelligence stories or work around it can can include this. I remember it as that interesting anecdote, and it's always useful to give uh, a little bit of background and perspective on, on the science and where this all started. All right, so what is emotional intelligence? The definition, emotional intelligence refers to the ability to identify and manage one's own emotions as well as the emotions of others. Emotional intelligence is generally said to include at least three skills. Emotional awareness, or the ability to identify and name one's own emotions. The ability to harness those emotions and apply them to tasks like thinking and problem solving. And the ability to manage emotions, which include both regulating one's emotions when necessary and helping others to do the same. Emotional intelligence encompasses a set of interpersonal skills, including how well you manage your emotions and how you relate to other people. And I'm trying to give you a bit of a, a flavor of, of all of that through examples over the next while. Emotional intelligence is EI, but You might have heard of EQ, which is the emotional quotient. And that's the level of a person's emotional intelligence, often as represented by a score in a standardized test. Her emotional quotient was below average, as an example. And EQ is the measurement used to assess the person's emotional intelligence. And I'm reading here, Dr. Bar on coined the term EQ for emotional quotient. And as I said, it's a score. So I will undoubtedly uh, use EI or EQ interchangeably over the course of all of these episodes by mistake, by being on autopilot. But the real one, if you're talking about emotional intelligence, the framework, I would go with EI for that or just call it emotional intelligence. And then if you're kind of giving a person a score, that's the EQ and much like IQ, which we'll talk about in a minute, Um. It is more of a score. I'm reading in 1990, Dr. Salvoni and Mayer expanded on Bar Ohm's work and first introduced the, the term emotional intelligence in several scientific articles. And then it was in 95 that Dr. Daniel Goldman or Dan Goldman expanded the salvo Salvo-Ri and Mayer's work, uh, which led to his groundbreaking book, Emotional Intelligence. And then that brought the term to the mainstream. Okay, so let's go back to the brain biology and more of that. And again, this comes from Daniel Goleman. Recent years have seen a surge of research into the biology of personality and emotion. These studies clearly indicate that some of human intelligence and personality is determined by genetics. But this raises two questions. What can you change about yourself? And why do some intelligent people flounder in life, or flounder maybe, while less intelligent people prosper? And this, again, is talking about IQ uh, as opposed to EQ. The answers reside within a set of abilities called emotional intelligence. The notion, and this is a quote, that there is pure thought, rationality, devoid of feeling is fiction. So evolution gave humankind emotions to help people cope with dangerous solutions or situations and to act in the face of peril. Modern people retain the emotional system of their cave-dwelling ancestors who regularly face life-and-death situations. In modern society, these emotions often overwhelm logical thought. In, In a real sense, each person has two minds, one that thinks and one that feels. The rational mind lets a person ponder and reflect, but the emotional mind is impulsive and powerful. Usually, the two work in harmony, but intense feelings sometimes allow the emotional mind to dominate the rational mind. So we've probably all been in situations where our cave person's emotions took over um, that have been, you know, their true uh, evolution and and they're still in there and overtakes rational thought. Uh, When's the last time you acted impulsively, be it something simple like doing some impulse buying because you were probably tricked into doing so in in a, in a store in a shop or maybe at work somebody said something to you that you didn't agree with and it triggered that uh, emotion and uh, you weren't too happy about it that happens but with emotional intelligence uh practice of some of on some of those competencies it can be controlled another quote here we have feelings about everything we do think about imagine and remember thought and feelings are inextricably inextricably woven together. The brain's center of emotion evolved first. The limbic system surrounds the brainstem, the center of passionate emotion. The brainstem also influences memory and learning. The neocortex, where the brain thinks, evolved later, and then the amygdala grew on the sides of the brain. And the amygdala is something that has come up a lot for me over the last number of years. It's the flight or fight part of the brain and is one that uh, you can certainly try and control uh, with more emotional intelligence. So these paired structures act as storehouses of emotional memory. The amygdala gives life emotional meaning and passion. In a crisis, the amygdala reacts almost instantly, far quicker than the neocortex and that's uh, the emotional brain can act independently of the thinking brain, the amygdala lends extra weight to memories of uh, emotional arousal, enabling, enabling you to have vivid memories of pleasure or danger. So IQ and emotional intelligence are not opposing competencies, but rather separate ones. When the amygdala pushes you to action, the cortex works like a dampener it stifles or controls feelings. A person's experience on emotional hijacking when the amygdala is triggered and the neocortex fails to control it. So the emotional hijack is when that amygdala just goes crazy and wins over. Such strong emotions can interfere with attention span and every aspect of clear thinking. But instead of trying to eliminate their feelings, people should try and strive to find an intelligent balance of reason and emotion and that's where emotional intelligence really comes into play and then just for more context here and you can look all this stuff up and i'll put links in the notes as well the brain is wired to be emotionally intelligent uh, intelligent even it's part parts made up of the reptilian brain which controls very rudimentary functions like breathing swallowing and heartbeat the limbic brain which can be expressive and intuitive but it doesn't reason, it isn't logical, and doesn't respond to our will. And the neocortex brain, the ability to control our actions in the face of strong emotions, it's the seat of your thinking, logic, and reasoning. So there's a lot of brain science that you could do about that. And maybe, maybe that's an episode that we could do further down the road, just the the, the science of emotional intelligence uh, purely. But this is just giving you that sampler. Okay, so next up, emotional intelligence frameworks. So if you Google this term, EI frameworks or EI models, you will find a few different ones, but they all look a little bit similar. And for my purposes of this and what we'll be talking about mostly is is a couple, but mainly Goldman's Emotional Intelligence Framework. One framework that came up was Yale psychologist Peter Salvi. And if I'm butchering that, I'm sorry. Uh, He analysed emotional intelligence in five realms. And these are self-awareness, managing emotions, motivation, empathy, and handling relationships. That was kind of one of the first ones that came out. And then thereafter, and the one that I am most familiar with, is the framework from Goldman. And he has more or less four kind of key areas And then with sub competencies underneath it. So there's four quadrants, if you think of it that way. And the top left is focused on self awareness. So it's the self and the awareness perspective. And in under self awareness, there's, uh, which we'll do episodes on, what is emotional and self emotional self awareness? How do you do accurate self assessment? What is self motivation? And what is self confidence? And why are all of these very important? Once you get a good, Understanding of yourself and have that awareness of what's going on for you. The next area that logically flows on would be how you manage yourself and the self regulation area. And within that, we'll do conversations and interviews on self control, transparency, adaptability, achievement orientation, optimism, stress management and and more they're all areas that you can learn to develop or self-regulate as you become more self um aware and and that is full of where the learnings come from i did a talk last year on on self-management and some really good feedback on that and some simple tools that you can use so that's on the kind of self side and that's very obviously half the the whole framework on the second side and on, on the right hand side of these quadrants It's where you go into the awareness and relationships perspective and then the awareness and regulation perspective of these relationships. So there's a term called social awareness and that's where the ideas of empathy, organizational awareness or service orientation come into play. There are competencies that you can develop. And then in the bottom right quadrant, which is all around the social relationship area and how you regulate that, how you develop and maintain strong relationships, The areas of developing others, so if you're a team leader, a leader of any sort, you want to develop people, that's covered. Inspirational leadership, what what that means, what's made up of that, how emotional intelligence is tied into that, how you influence better, uh, very, very important, influencing and negotiation, some really interesting stuff coming there, and then the area of change and how you can through being emotionally intelligent manage change better deal with change be adaptable to change and and everything is changed pretty much if you work in, in any project or, or anything going on in your life it tends to be changed so how do you deal with that The last two areas is conflict management. How do you deal with conflict? We tie into feedback in there and touch on that a few times earlier as well. And then there's the idea of teamwork and collaboration and how you can develop that and improve that through being more emotionally intelligent. So there's a lot uh, in there, and that's kind of the framework talked through. I will put a link to the framework I reference on the episode page and probably on the site page as well and just for some more color maybe some of the competencies that I didn't touch on there's another framework or, or diagram or image that I found emotional intelligence map and talks about 25 competencies divided into those four or five sections And self-confidence comes up a lot in emotional intelligence And that's a self-awareness piece But also sometimes develops into self-management I talked about adaptability That's very important How you adapt, how you can change But also how you can do that in in teams and in in relationships Motivation is very very, uh, prominent as well and We'll we'll definitely go into that Um, And empathy, although in the framework Goldman has It's more around social and relationships Empathy is very much Important in there and compassion as well uh, is something that has become more and more uh, talked about and more and more prominent in work and in in, uh, in certainly in, in team environments and uh, in leadership conversations that are, are going on more and more these days. So that will come up and we will focus in on that. So IQ and EQ, what what are they when you look at them side by side? So useful table that I I found online that uh, helps give you a comparison of what IQ is versus EQ. So let's talk a little bit about IQ or intelligence quotient, how you measure intelligence and some bullets here. It's the ability to think, it's the ability to measure cognitive intelligence, to apply knowledge very much linked to how you get through school, primary school and secondary school. You're very much tested on uh, intelligence quotient there. Facts alone are very important and you're solely responsible or solely focused on your cognitive skills. Science and research has shown it has less to do with success and happiness and and it's very much about just knowing things. The studies now, this is something that can be debated, but um, what I'm reading and what I'm sharing is that it's not possible to raise the IQ level after a certain age that's supposedly set and you know no matter how much learning you can do or or trying to develop it your IQ doesn't change a whole lot from a certain point in life and IQ here it says is the brain it's uh, a part of the brain but um, it is more around those facts and figures and structures that are set in place on the alternative side and the good news is that eq is the ability to feel it It measures emotional intelligence that i mentioned already numerous times but it's the ability to adjust it can very much be a life skill i thought about calling eq this series on ei a common sense o- approach or or what we might say in ireland you have some sort of cop on which means you're Streetwise, or you just kind of get things, or you can kind of get them quickly. You're convinced by reason and emotions, but you rely on both. And studies would show that EQ and EI, certainly at leadership levels, uh, has more to do with success and happiness. But in life in general, if you have a good IQ, uh, that's great. But if you have a good EQ, you're going to regulate your emotions, not let things bother you as much. And rein things in a little bit so you tend to be happier and maybe more successful. It's possible to rise it which is great and I'll talk about more of that later and that's what this whole series is about helping you improve your EI. It can be learned and if you look at these kind of common images of IQ and EQ it's the head and the heart conversation and EQ is very much part of the heart. Okay, we've been running for about 30 minutes and I think that's a good point to end this first part of the introduction to EIEQ, Everything Emotional Intelligence. We'll come back with a second part and again, probably another 30 minutes just to complete the the general overview of what it is and why it's important uh, before we get into more deep dives on some of the competencies. Hope you enjoyed this one. Hope you got something out of it. Thanks for listening. And part two is right away on the way. hey folks thanks so much for listening to the show if you enjoyed it could you please consider helping me extend the reach of the podcast that a little bit further you can do that in a number of ways the number one way is to subscribe on your app of choice this helps me with the chart ranking leading to more folks stumbling across the podcast and checking it out you could also repost it on your social media channels. Any of them would be great. And maybe even tell a friend in person or over the phone, pick up the phone, give them a call and tell them about the 1% Better podcast. Tell them about this episode or one that you've heard in the past and will do. I would really appreciate it. In the last year, we set up a 1% Better Slack community, which you can join for free and Interact with me and other members of the community and improve through holding each other accountable and sharing monthly challenges. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. I'm into season four of this incredible journey and the more of these interviews and solo shows that I research, record and share, the better I believe that they get and more loaded with actionable takeaways that you can learn from. I know I've learned so much from it so far, and it's always really, really fulfilling and rewarding when I hear from you on what you took from it. So do reach out, rob at robofthegreen.ie. And of everybody that listens, 90% listen and enjoy But only around 10% actually take action, write down takeaways and put them into practice. I am convinced that if we can move that number a bit higher, the listeners will not only make steps forward towards their goals, but they will be more fulfilled and happy and better. Change doesn't happen overnight. It is hard. But it's all about taking the first step, whatever that is for you. You can absolutely do this. Make a plan. Be deliberate. Take action. Don't overreach. Start with those small incremental improvements. And over time, you will see great progress. It's all in the pursuit of betterness. So again, thank you so much for listening. Good luck and stay safe.